Jackson State's new offensive coordinator is already getting high praise. Amisha Williams Holiday ends the HBCU to WNBA drought. And South Carolina State's basketball program may have just suffered some crippling losses. Oh, yeah. It's locked on HBCU. Slay my You are locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. Every day. State's new offensive coordinator, Brett Bartoloni, is already getting high praise. And if you're a Jackson State fan, if you're a guy or girl who loves to watch State football, then you are you should be ready. You should be through the roof when hearing this news because at this juncture right now in April, this is some of the best news that you could receive. This is absolutely some of the best news that you could receive. And I'm not speaking from the standpoint of a, a – a grambling. I'm not speaking from the standpoint of a Howard or a South Carolina state. I'm not speaking from their platforms or from their, from their perspective. I'm, I'm talking about if you're a Jackson state fan, all right. Saying that this offensive coordinator is good or is, is making progress is quality is some of the best news that you could absolutely hear. And I understand that last year they had a phenomenal defense and I'm not trying to take anything away from the offense. Cause I actually think they had a pretty good offense as well. But they had a really good defense and one that was, you know, one of the, just a stalwart, just somebody who you weren't going to drive the field against often. That was always present. It was always uh, obvious that they were that kind of defense. But we in the offensive league and Shadur Sanders is your quarterback. He was a freshman last year. You want to come in and get him better. At the end of the day, that's what you're looking for. And there's been some really good. I think the most important part about how good the, is who is the source. You can hear good things about anybody. There's somebody. Think of the worst person that you know personally. Just think about that worst person you know, whether that's a guy or girl. I guarantee you there's somebody out there who will say something good about them. So, but, you know, they might not matter. Oh, that's that's their mom. The worst person in the world, their mom might say something good about them. Let's think about the source. The source of the person who is complimenting Brett Bartoloni is Shador Sanders himself. Now, this should be his number one objective, getting Shador Sanders better. This is not in a sense of he wasn't good enough, but he's still a young player. He's still developing. He's going to need to develop. He's only a sophomore. Remember this, he's only a year really removed or really a year playing, having experience. You need to make sure that you're helping his development. So if make him or help him get better sounds bad, it sounds like it has a bad connotation or maybe feels like a, a backhanded compliment or something, a backhanded statement, I'll put it like this. Speeding up, helping the develop development. There we go. Let's, let's go with developing. Helping develop Shador Sanders or help Shador take that next step should be the number one priority. I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to disrespect what, what Sanders was able to do last year because I'm really not. But as an offensive coordinator who's stepping into a situation with a sophomore quarterback who had a pretty good first year, 
that's what you're looking at. We're not talking about just everybody else. They're, they come into play later. But it also is just about, hey, your quarterback was a stud last year. Let's make him better. So when Shador Sanders comes out and says, oh, yeah, this guy is a guru, that opens my eyes. Because at the end of the day, if you call yourself or, or you call somebody else a guru, that's one of the highest praises that you can give to any person who is speaking on a subject. If somebody called me a, a podcast guru, I'm sitting there like, you know what? I, I really appreciate you for that. So to call your offensive coordinator an offensive guru, that's significantly high praise. Let's look into some of the other stuff that he said. I want to get the quotes because the guru is big enough, but I want to see what else he said as well. He said, offensively, this is Shador Sanders. Offensively, I feel like there's more knowledge in the room. Bartoloni challenges me almost every day to just get better and just learning from under him and under the tree that he came from. There's a lot of creative things that you can do that each week he installs. I'm really excited for this fall and just to be able to showcase it. And I really don't care how anybody feels about it. This is an offensive game. Just the rules and how everything is shifting. This is an offensive game. I, I mean, if you don't believe that, you're probably stuck in your ways. You probably don't want it to be this way. That's what it is. It's the reason why I personally feel like offenses should be ahead during spring practices. Because things favor them. And maybe I'm a little bit jaded by the phenomenal quarterbacks that we have in the NFL, you know, all the rules and how we just seen a, a rule get passed to where it, offense, both offenses have to touch the ball in overtime. So maybe I'm jaded by that. But at the end of the day, this is an offensive game on every single level. The spread offense is what's all the rave. Like we're trying to sit here and talk about and this comes in later to play. But how can I get this player and this player in all of these positions? Man, that's what's exciting. That's what you market. You're marketing offense. So it's an offensive game. Getting him better is going to be one of the major things. And here's the thing about uh, Coach B's system. We're going to call him Coach B for the rest of the day. It's his offense is all about spreading out your opponent. So that means getting a lot of weapons on the field. Maybe you even get to see Travis Hunter play some offense. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's all about spreading people out, getting the ball into your, into your receiver's hands quickly. And making easy reads. Now, I've already talked about spreading the players out because now you're going to get more of your athletes, more of your weapons on the field. But getting the ball out quickly, easy reads. Hey, easy reads always going to help a quarterback. You, your job is not. I don't care how good the quarterback is. If it's Patrick Mahomes, your job as a coach is to make things as easy on that quarterback as you can, regardless of how how good you think he is. Now, getting the ball out quick that goes to speak to. All of the things that we talked about in the, the celebration bowl where they could not protect Sanders. They just could not. And I really feel like that affected the way his mind was working throughout the game because he was getting rushed almost all the time. And when he wasn't, you could tell he had happy feet because he was used to getting rushed. Now, I want to read a little bit on how Coach B says the system is going to run. And he says, we're going to play fast. And I don't just mean that in the sense of we're going to just go up there and snap the ball as fast as humanly possible and be up tempo and all of that. Tempo was great, but in order to be efficient, you, you got to be great. Excuse me. You got to have great tempo, in my opinion. But playing fast to me means guys are playing confidently. We're going to do the exact same stuff day after day, the exact same concepts day after day. So they build a lot of confidence in that. That makes them play fast. So I believe that when you're looking at his system and everything that he's able to get done, it looks great on paper. It looks great on paper, whether that's helping the offensive line, whether that's getting more weapons on the field, whether that's helping Shador Sanders, but getting the praise from your quarterback already. And we're not even far into this. 
Remember that we're really just starting. It's important. It's not just a spring game when we're talking about spring season. It's all the, it's all about the practices leading up. Remember, we call this the fifteenth practice. So that's just important. We've been focusing on the game so much, but I wanted to make sure that we were also focusing on spring practice. Now we're 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 sticking on that Jackson State campus. So stay with me in Jackson, Mississippi. We're going to talk about Amisha Williams Holiday and how she out of HBCU players who weren't drafted or the drought of HBCU players not being drafted into the WNBA draft. But before we get into that, I want to end your drought of built bars. Because if you're like me, I absolutely love these things. And I'm like, I have to figure out a way that I can get more. I don't like being without built bars. I don't even like being on my last one. It's like my contact pair or my contacts, right? So when I get to my last contacts and they're good for a month, I got to go to the doctor. I got to give you some more. Because I can't see without my context. And that's the same purpose and the same feeling that I get about built bars. Of course, I can see without them, but a life without built bars ain't worth living, especially not the blueberry muffin, not without the 17 grams of protein, the four grams of sugar, the four net carbs. I can't do without that. And then it, it gets more crazy to me when you put the built bar puffs out there. And it, mind you, the original is covered in chocolate, but then you have chocolate and marshmallows and all those same health benefits it almost feels unbelievable to me i still can't wrap my head around it sometimes you know something is true but you just can't understand it and that's how built bars could be so tasty yet be so healthy it just doesn't make sense to me but if you don't want to believe me then go to hook.com and use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off the offer As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And I appreciate that so much, but I want to make sure that you know that from April 28th for the next three days, they're going to have live coverage over there on the Locked on NFL Draft channel for rounds one through seven of the NFL Draft. You do not want to miss it. And also, if you want to know who your team is picking, go check out the Locked on NFL Mock Draft on Odyssey. If you want to know where you can find it, of course, starting on the YouTube page, on the draft youtube page you can find that from april 28th for the next three days so that's thursday friday and saturday live coverage and then for the mock draft you can catch that on odyssey and the locked on nfl draft podcast feed now today's word of the day is a doozy it's a doozy it's unambulism right unambulism I'm, I'm, i have to make sure i get that right so i gotta say it a couple of times and that basically means tight rope walking That's one right there. That's that that word right there is a doozy, okay? But Jackson State's Amisha Williams Holiday is no slouch herself. Matter of fact, she is now a WNBA member of the Indiana Indiana Fever and she was drafted 25th overall and with that, she ended the drought of HBCU players going to the WNBA. We've sat here for so long and it's crazy to me because we sat here and we talk about the NFL draft not drafting an HBCU player last year. The WNBA suffers from that same problem times 20. The last time there was a player drafted from an HBCU was 2002. 2002. That's crazy to me because you can't. Now, I, I personally feel like Shakila Hill should have been a drafted player. That's how I feel. So I know there's somebody who I think could have came in and played that. 
and or could have played in the league drafted right but she's over doing her overseas thing and everything so you know love to her we talked about her i think months ago but amisha williams holiday is the second highest drafted HBCU player in WNBA history. That's how she was able to end a 20-year drought by being the second highest player ever to come from an HBCU ranks that was drafted. And I think this is crazy because when she breaks this streak, you know, I think there's a lot of expectations. With everything going on right now, there's going to be a microscope above her. And no WNBA player or no HBCU player in the WNBA has made it over a year. And she's looking to break that. I know it seems like not much, but there's been five before her, none of which have made it past a singular year. Even one that was drafted 15th overall. Now, Amisha Williams Holiday is looking to break that. And she has all the ability to do it. When you look at her resume, because forget the history that she's making. Her resume is crazy. On her resume, you have three all-swack appearances. All of those are first team, by the way, over the last three years, 2020, 21, and 22. Then you also have three back-to-back-to-back defensive player of the years, and that's 2020, 21, and 22. But everybody knew she could do on the defensive side of the ball. Nobody's surprised by that. No one was shocked when they said, oh, yes, Amisha williams Holiday is the defensive player of the year. But I think what a lot of people were surprised by was the fact that she won SWAT Player of the Year, which obviously means she has to do more than just play defense. We, She was projected to be the defensive player of the year before the season even started, but her teammate was projected to be the uh, SWAT player. I want to say offensive so bad, but she was projected to be the offensive SWAT player of the year. Amisha Williams-Holiday responded and came out and led the conference, led the whole conference, not just her team, but the entire South, uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference in points, nearly 20 points. And in the course of this year, of course, she led her team. Of course, she led her team in, in major categories. She also led them on the way to a historic, nearly historic upset in a historic ranking in the women's NCAA tournament. So Amisha Williams Holiday is a player who has absolutely dominated in her time in the swag. And she's a Mississippi State transfer. So she's played in the SEC. She's dominated here in the SWAC. And now she's going into the WNBA. And a lot of the things that she's done have been inside the paint. When you look at the end of her career, she's ended the season or ended her career, excuse me, with a double-double with points, points and rebounds. So that just goes to tell you just how skilled that she is in the paint. Now, will this be a door for other people? That will, that will be told as time goes on. I can't answer that right now. I'm not quite sure how impactful this will be going into the future. I hope that it will. I definitely hope that it will. But I can't tell you that right now. What I can tell you is the impact that it's having on Jack. See, Coach Tamika Reed said that Williams Holiday put them on the map in a sense where people know about Jackson State women's basketball without you even having to say anything to it. Like, if I come in and be like, man, I was watching Jackson State women's basketball. Oh, that's the team that nearly knocked off uh, LSU in the first round. Exactly. Things of that nature. Not me having to walk up into you saying, hey, you heard of Jackson State women's basketball. They almost knocked off LSU in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It's a difference. The same information is being, you know, put out there, but the order and how it goes down is a lot different. And having that name recognition alone is a big thing and something that Coach Reed credits to Holiday. Now, another thing that I can I can credit to her is 
Now they're going to have a pro day in Jackson State. And I'll read the quote. She said, Coach Reed said, that's something that they do at these Power 5 institutions all the time. So now we want to bring that to Jackson State's campus. Amisha afforded us the opportunity to do that. So just continuing to get exposure. They see the skill development at our level. They see that we are teaching our players. They see that we are developing our players. They see what we do more than just throw a ball up and play basketball. Separatism. Separatism. We're talking about it. There's no reason that HBCUs can't put on their own pro day to highlight their players. There's no This has to be a power five or a big school thing, man. Look, you can put these players through drills. You can show that they're developing. You show their skill set in individual formats. I love it because now with Holiday doing what she's done, Coach Reed is thinking, okay, let's give other girls that opportunity. Let's keep it going. I want to see this go to multiple HBCUs. I want to see them try to put on their highlight, man, because look, Jordan Carl Nicholas in, in Texas Southern, I think he's a guy who can really make some noise. I'm not talking about NBA or whatever you want to. I think he's somebody who can make some noise, whether that's overseas, whatever it may be. Give them a, a shot, you know. MJ Randolph, somebody who's really been balling this year. He's my my swag player. Of the year. I knew he was going to win. I like to think that I was on, you know, I was on that bandwagon earlier than most. But give him a chance. Let him showcase what he can do. Bring these pro days here because right now there's so many eyes on the HBCU landscape that I'm all about trying to make sure that they get all that they can. While you're up, make sure that everybody's seeing you. That's my that's my idea, and I think by making pro days, that's what you're going to have happen. So credit to Misha Williams Holiday because her success has inspired a change to create success most. So when I say I don't know how the, the history or how it's going to go down in the future of how many HBCU players will get into the WNBA, I do know that she's created a change that is already looking like it's a pipeline to getting more players to the WNBA. Now, I want to tell you about South, Car South Carolina State because I say when you're up, you got to get everybody to look at you. But sometimes you, you get them looking too hard and your coach gets taken from you because people realize, oh, he's a pretty solid coach. That's what happened. That's what happened. I'm going to tell you about how they lost their head coach to Alabama State, and that might not be the only thing that they're losing as well. But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. But the way I want to tell you about Rock Auto today is by telling you a way telling you about how I didn't use rock auto in the past. <sighs> it's a hard story. So one time something went wrong with my engine and I had to get some spark plugs and whatnot, and ignition coils. And I went to one of these regular auto parts store and got charged 200 something dollars. It wasn't major, right? But it was 200 something dollars. I went and looked at rock auto. This was a while ago. I wish I would have checked it out, but it's still eating me up inside. I wasn't sure if I wanted to tell this story. And I went and looked, I said, man, you tell me these same parts that cost me $137. $137 for a four-pack, $18 for a singular one. Now, you ain't got to be a mathematician to know that if you multiply 18 times four, it's not $137. And that story about how I spent probably $50, $60 more just off the top of my head, just thinking about it, that story right there, more than that. But that story is one of the reasons that you need to go to rockauto.com. Don't be like me. Don't pay $80 more than you needed to pay on a singular, you know, part. Don't do that. Go to rockauto.com and get better prices. Stay in your house. Stay comfortable. 
and get them shipped to you. That's the easy choice. Rock Auto and tell them that Locked On sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. South Carolina State is going to be dealing with a crippling loss as they're losing their head coach to Alabama State, and they might just be losing their leading scorer as well. Now, I'll tell you why I'm not so sure about the second. It's official. The first one is official as Tony Matlock has officially been announced as the Alabama State head coach. That's going to leave South Carolina State in flux. It is. You lose your head coach after a season that you're probably happy with. You feel like there's some momentum coming up, but then you lose your head coach. You got to decide where you're going to go with it. Now, the writing has been on the wall, or I'm not going to say for long. Has The writing was on the wall. It hasn't been on the wall, but the writing was on the wall, and that writing was the fact that T.J. Madlock, as the last names may suggest, the son of the coach, entered the transfer portal. Now, that doesn't really make sense when your dad's the coach and you were the leading scorer. It makes sense to stay with your pops, right? I know that his name had been connected to a job, but that didn't mean he was going to get it. Didn't mean that that's what he was going to do. And as long as your coach or your dad is still the coach, why would you decide that, yeah, I, I have to get in the transfer portal? I've had success. It doesn't make sense. But that tells you, oh, okay, yeah, he's about to get the job. We need to start looking for somebody else. That's what it tells me. Because there was no indication that, your dad had the job. Your dad was in. Let me stop calling you dad because I don't I don't like doing that with Shador. I don't like doing that with John Jones and t at TSU. I don't like doing that. So there's no indication that Coach Matlock was leaving for sure, for certain. And it was a possibility, but nothing for certain. And then when you leave, I have to bring up the familial ties here. But when you leave, it's like, okay, if your son's leaving, that's gone too. So if South Carolina State is sitting there thinking, all right, Young Madlock's in the transfer portal. The 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 coaches too, they'd be right. Like I said, just a couple of later, I believe the move was made official. Now we're gonna stay on the the eight the South Carolina State side of this. We're not gonna so much go to Alabama State right now. I know they lost Mo Williams, so they had to replace themselves or replace the coach, and this is who it was. But we're gonna attack the Alabama State thing probably another day. But today we're going to stay on the South Carolina State side of things because I think it's important. Now, replacing somebody like, like Matlock, in addition to replacing your leading scorer, that's about as tough as funambulism. Hey, let me see. Yeah, funambulism. That was a tough one to say. And it means tightrope walking, which I can't do. So that's tough. Anywho. I don't usually like the break, break show to highlight that I said the word of the day, but I was determined to get that one in here. I thought I wasn't going to do it. I will never use that word again in my life. I'll just call it tightrope walking. Sorry. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. I want to showcase my, my vocabulary. But anyway, um, but anyway, the exact reason, or excuse me, this move right here, one of them, I got so excited with the word of the day, but this word or this move, as far as losing your coach, but then also losing your, your leading score, both of these moves individually will cause a, a dent in your program. But losing both of them, that's almost impossible. That could be crippling. And I don't say this lightly. I really do not say this lightly. I don't 
try to use hyperbole, I mean this wholeheartedly. When you look at what South Carolina State has been through recently, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. The reason that Madlock was hired by Alabama State is the exact reason this could be a crippling move for South Carolina State. He turned this program around that was in a dark, dark place. I mean, it did not look like there was much optimism around. He turned them around with a snap of finger. Remember, he's only been there for a year. He, he was only there for a singular year, so there's no real momentum. There's no real trend of success. It's a singular year led by a man who is not there anymore. Now, we'll see how that impacts recruiting. I know his class, I think his recruiting class, he hadn't even announced it. So that could still uh, impact recruiting. You might see more of those guys who are going to South Carolina State saying, all right, we're going to go to Alabama State now. It, it, it can impact you in so many ways. And let's not, let's not leave it at just the coach because TJ Madlock is a freshman and he came out there and he was the leading scorer. But more than just being a scoring machine, he was also the leader in steals, the leader in assists, top five in, in rebounds. Top five in three-point shooting. Top 10 in scoring conference. There's so much that he did, and his impact on the team was substantial. So his departure and the dent that he's going to produce by leaving will also be just as of substantial. It's a tough situation. All right, It's a very tough situation to replace two figures of this caliber. But I don't want to just end it negatively. I don't want to do that. Also, there's a safe assumption that TJ will be in Alabama State. I don't want to end it there. I want to talk about, I want to talk about why there's a reason for optimism. And that reason for optimism is the fact that everybody's young on this team. And they were there. All the players here, except for two, are sophomores or younger. Whether that's red shirt or not, they're sophomores or younger. Meaning they have two more years of eligibility. So if there's anybody to create. Now, this depends on the coach because you could come in and get a fantastic coach and do the same thing that Matlock did with a greater foundation and less room to travel. But the coach yet. So I'm going to say as, as right now and what we have, these players and the fact that they're all sophomores and younger for the, for the most part, and all the main contributors are sophomores and younger, they're the optimism that you want when saying, why can we keep this going? That's why. Because everybody's young, they'll be returning a lot of people as long as people don't start going crazy in the transfer portal, deciding to leave. They'll be returning a lot of parts of their team that made them successful. There you go. That's your optimism. It's the returning players that should make you optimistic. And I hope that you are also going to be returning to Locked On HBCU, making us your first listen of the day every day. And you know for tomorrow, we're going to have our top 10 Thursday. So Gerald Huggins is going to be coming down our top 10 or excuse me our number three player on our top 10 list we're getting into the big three now it's almost time for the draft speaking of which for your second listen make locked on nfl draft your second listen of the day eric crocker former nfl and afl cornerback and ryan tracy breaking down everything that you need for the big event rounds one through seven get ready for that live coverage that we were talking about earlier today and in the meantime, in between time, if you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And so the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.